Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big Three account in the universe, Big Three News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. And, wow, what a what a week. What a couple of days, Will. Um, the additions that we were discussing, speculating on, some would say complaining about, mm. we've seen them happen. We, we, we've seen them happen. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, a lot of the Big Three News that's going on. Got another update on captains. Awesome interview on the back end of this with one of the big three tryout slash prospect guys. So really good episode in store for you guys. But first and foremost, my guy rocking the Miami Marlins hat. What's good? Yes, sir. I got to support my guy Jeter wherever he goes. I feel that. Big Jeter guy. It's like, you know how like when you have a friend that opens up like a cupcake business, so you order some of their cupcakes. That's like, like me. <laughs> so when I, when a guy decides he's going to invest in a team, uh, professional team that's worth billions of dollars. You're like, yeah, I got to support that. But it's his it. business. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll buy some merch. Okay. It's okay. kind of, to be honest with you, it's not that different from what we do. No, it's really not that. It's we, not that we, different at we all. Do, we start a thing and then we, you know, we send it to our friends. Like, yeah, buy a t-shirt with our logo on it. Oh, buy a, too. A buy a hat too. A sweatshirt. Sweatshirt, hoodie. A subscription to our Patreon. <laughs> we have a Patreon? Well, not yet, but in the future, you know, just something for you to keep in mind. <laughs> I'm just throwing things out there that people have as a podcast. Before we get too off topic here, because we know that our listeners know that we're prone to doing that. Want to get into the show. Before we do that, if you guys want to follow our social media handles, it's at 4th Man Pod, at Big 3 News, obviously, and at underscore Siggy. If you want to watch the show, you can find us on YouTube dot com slash fourth man pod please like and subscribe some good content over there coming uh, a little bit of surprise for the draft uh, we got a mock draft coming up here soon so some pretty good stuff in store we'll work a little bit of the editing behind it we'll see what i can string together here but we got some good stuff coming on there so youtube.com slash fourth man pod and for those of you listening on dash radio on the nothing but net channel appreciate you guys as always every saturday whether you're a first-time listener or you tune in every Weekend, it's greatly appreciated. Let's get into it. All right, where do we start? Because there's just well, so much going on. I'll say this: you talk about that mock draft, and really, we talk about doing like a pre-draft power rankings. That would really have to be next episode, wouldn't it? Well, that's what I'm telling the people here. Hmm. Just saying. Just I mean, saying. I'll start thinking. I'll start thinking. Just saying here. Let's just start here with a little captains update because there wasn't a lot of new captains or captain trios that updates that that came around this week did find out that three-headed monsters is returning their trio of captains from 2019 Richard Lewis who's been in the league since year one Reggie Evans and Mahmoud Abdul Rove really all these guys have been there since year one yeah. Reggie Evans just puts a part of killer threes uh the first year and then three-headed monsters guy ever since they're a legacy team at this point uh, finally some normalcy though I mean oh yeah it's been like like what I don't know what to expect when I open this this uh, post here or when I open up my Instagram account, <laughs> what am I going to get? Like who, who's changing teams? Who got screwed over? 
the, the storm was calm this time around and we got our three guys back and I'm, I'm that's the one team I'm really excited about because they've been in the playoffs every year and they they're they're running the back with the same guys yeah no it is really fun and it's funny to see how many guys on those teams have become co-captains so you know they must have had a pretty good draft last year but they really kind of snuck into the playoffs on like a, a technicality you know if bivouac can just beat the <laughs> winless ball hogs and we're talking about a three-headed monsters team that misses the playoffs for the first time in their brief history so you know are those three captains enough to get them in even after the great draft that they had you know that's a fantastic question i think rashard lewis one time mvp winner he's solid reggie evans is by far and away the best big man in this league and mamuda durauf is a living legend the the, the only man to give father time at l so the that only, to me, though, the only guy in the league that's older than their coach. Right. So, <laughs> so, you know, that to me means, you know, listen, you know, I, I don't know what three headed monsters does. I think, you know, they, they look at they look like a team that you hope hasn't hit their ceiling. But oh, they I also kind of remind me a little bit of like the Toronto Raptors that, you, you know, all those years that they kept on losing to LeBron and you're like, this team isn't going anywhere. And then they make a big splash and they get Kawhi and, you know, then they ended up winning it all. And you say, well, they built a championship team and they just kept on knocking on the door and finally it was their turn. So I think three-headed monsters are one big splash away, whether that comes in the form of picking up a free agent or a captain, you know, I know, I, or excuse me, a, a draft pick. I know the captains are set. But if they could really get someone like we've seen these big names that are in the draft pool, if they can get somebody that can turn into a top 10 player, that's huge. And I think the talent is available in this draft for that to happen. Oh, definitely. I agree. I mean, they got Larry Sanders, now a co-captain. I don't know if you're going to get a guy like Mario Chalmers again in the third round. I was pretty lucky That was the last time around. And, uh, you know, the question may come up as, is this Mahmoud last year playing? I mean, he's 52 years old. I I, I want to, I would not take the, uh, like, I would not say yes, because he's continuously proved people wrong. Like you said, father time, the only L that has he's ever gotten. But I am intrigued, you know, like, do they like try to run it back with this trio? Hopefully they, they hit gold again uh, this, this time around and, and make it all the way through. But if they don't, like, got to wonder like did they kind of blow it up like the raptors you were talking about make that big splash whether it's a co-captain spot or a draft I, I don't know um i think they can do well it's just a matter of who they draft i'm just worried that it's going to be hard to strike gold in this draft or in any draft you know two out of three times i mean think about yeah. it they got larry sanders in the first round who showed up to the combine like last second they got Mario Chalmers, who was just off the radar for everybody. I don't even know if everyone knew that he, he was available because he went third round. No, he's I know. playing overseas. He wasn't even at the draft. And all of a sudden, he's just like a co-captain, one of the better point guards in the league. So, I mean, I guess if anything could do it, it could be them because they continuously seem to add good players. But, man, it's going to be tough. All right, that's all I'm going to say. But nonetheless, a little bit of normalcy. Uh, we got the three-headed monsters back. We'll see what they do. We'll see if they get lucky again. Um, speaking of speaking of big draft pools, wow, the additions over the past couple of days uh, that came at, came at us quick. <laughs> Very uh, quick. We, were, we thought it was going to be kind of sprinkled in like prior years, and they were like, nope, just all at once. It's just like just dump it. It's like the people that are like, can you help me move? And, and they give you like one box, and like you know maybe you have like a little line going down, or you take one box at a time. 
the big three is kind of like, can you help me move? And they're like, hold on, stay. I'm going to stack another box and another box and, and some more. And then you're like, oh, my back's giving out. Hernia. It's like bringing in the groceries. Exactly. You don't want like, to go back and forth in the car. You're bringing the whole thing. You're bringing as many bags you can get. Exactly. And the big three did exactly that. They just announced 10 guys that are going to be a part of the invite-only combine. Some names that we're pretty excited about. Will, I know that was something that you were harping on, uh, if not last episode, the episode prior, like, where are the names at? You know, uh, what, yeah. who were they getting? And I was like, no, just wait. Like, they're establishing themselves. I don't know if you were right or I was right, but <laughs> they decided here, let's go ahead and add some names. And pretty interesting on some of the names we they added, but let me just go list them real quick. Isaiah Austin, Isaiah Briscoe, Tony Roten, Earl Clark, Jody Meeks, Jordan Hill, our guy, Von Wafer, that's super sick. Larry Williams, a.k.a. the Bone Collector, Bobby Brown, and Ronaldo Balkman, who I think Ronaldo Balkman said he's playing in 2020, but I'm not sure, I guess, with the whole COVID thing about that. They just wanted to re-announce, like, hey, he's, he's still going to be playing. Out of the 10 guys, give me two that stick out. Well, I, I would intriguing? say one for me has got to be – I find intriguing. I mean, I'm going to give the one to my guy, Vaughn. You know, Vaughn was the first guy to tell me in 2021 that he's joining the league. And we spoke to him on this very podcast. We know how dedicated he is. You know how excited he is. So I would be doing him a disservice if I didn't put him as one of the guys I was most excited to see. Fair enough. For, for two for me has got to be probably Tony Roten. You know, we talked about it and, I think there's probably a 2A, 2B, but let me say my Tony Roten piece. You know, Tony Roten reached out to us and how he said he was actually like a big fan of the podcast. So that to me is like crazy. Well, if you're listening, Tony, we appreciate it once again. Yeah, we, we appreciate it, Tony. And I just know he's going to absolutely kill it this season. I mean, I was just going back looking at his highlights for the post I did, and those Sixers teams were – some of them were dreadful, but Tony Roten was such a bright spot. And you see some of the guys he was going up against, I mean – he was on teams where offensively you only had to worry about Tony Roten, and he was still yeah. getting buckets. I mean, so just I'm super the way excited he for him. Drive to the basket, whether like the Euro steps and the and the hop steps that he can pull out of his bag are ridiculous. The speed he has. What I was really impressed with about Tony Roten that I think, I mean, oh, for me personally, I forgot about is like defensively. He's just so long and lanky, lanky and instinctively he's just so good like he yeah. was just picking off passes like it's a football game and he's intercepting them like yeah and he's only 28 bro only 28 that's he's what i really like prime. about all these names is like i don't think any guy outside of maybe bobby brown renato bachman and the bone collector are really like pushing 40 like i think yeah. most of the guys are 33 and under to be honest yeah. i think they would have uh qualified for the last draft so it's pretty wild i think for me a name, a couple names that stick out. I'm gonna say, and let me let me say this as they stick out. They're not my like most excited because, like you said, I'm really excited for Bond. I gotta be really excited for Tony Roden because he said he's a fan of the podcast. But as far as intriguing, I stick out. The first one's got to be Jordan Hill because we heard Swaggy P on the No Chill podcast say that was the first name that came in his mouth that he was gonna try to recruit as a co-captain. Now yeah. we know he's not the guy that Frank Nitty was talking about. We know that Swaggy P didn't go in that direction. He's going to be in the draft fold. Now, will enemies probably take him the first chance they get? I could see it. But I could see other teams trying to go after him as well, being a coveted big man. 
I'll say the second name that really sticks out to me, and this one's pretty tough because they all kind of like intrigue me. Like you got Bobby Brown, one of the Ignite guys. You know, you got Isaiah Austin. Yeah. Larry Williams uh, is sick. Bone Collector is that, sick to have him. That's the name I'm going with. The Bone Collector is going to be playing in the big that's three. That's going to be sick. We wanted the professor. We wanted guys like this forever. Why? Why have we not done a plea on the Bone Collector? I don't know. Yo, Shaney, like, what are you doing, man? I'm just like – I was like, who's Larry Williams? I was like, that looks like the the bone collector. I was like, oh, he's got a real name. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, so it's not that's not his first and last name. Gotcha. But wow. I mean, I'm super intrigued about like how he does at the combine and if a team drafts him. But like realistically, that that has to be one that sticks out to me the most because it's like, okay, we had Frank Nitty last year, a guy that played in the Drew. We know he plays overseas. And now we're getting the guy from like the N1 mixtape tour, you know. Sh- Street ball legend, Rucker Park legend. And I just want to see what kind of impacts he makes. I could really see him making a team. And I'm looking at the the, the 10 guys here. Like, realistically, I think they could all be drafted. And Oh, without a doubt. We think Especially about if it, there's so, three rounds. Well, you say so, 36 uh, picks. Well, I think there's only going to be two, right? The, or, right. Frank because, did say that. Because Frank said there's five guys and the big three, you know, confirmed that. But then you also have to think about now that Killer Threes doesn't have any picks. Triplets might not have any picks. I don't even know how that team's going to work because they have six guys and they're going to be like, hey, uh, we only have five guys this year. So, Well, I, I find it really suspicious that we haven't heard anything from triplets. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. confirming captains. And you can say, well, nothing's changed. But nothing changed with Three-Headed Monsters and they still confirmed. Nothing changed with killer threes, and they still confirmed. Well, that's so I was thinking too. I wonder. I have a sick feeling that the one guy that we're missing out on all of this is Al Jefferson. Well, he's not a social media guy, but he has been very quiet. We haven't heard his name too much. I mean, we really didn't hear much throughout the Big Three season outside of when it was game day. But I'm intrigued by that too. And I wonder if Parvo's playing. You know, obviously he's got the playoffs going on right now. Like, what happens if they I make think, it to the second I, yeah. round? I mean, you know? I believe Pargo is playing from like the the interactions I've had with him. And I definitely know Jamario Moon's back. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys, Alan Anderson, got a promotion and Al Jefferson wasn't back. I don't know. I, that's not me like wishing that he wasn't back. I just I just find it weird that you would think if it was a cut and dry case. Mm-hmm we would have triplets would have been one of the first teams that we heard about. So now, now they're ending up being one of the last. Well, that's true. So we got triplets enemies and oh, aliens didn't announce. So triplets and enemies are the last two to name yeah. their captains to confirm their captains. So let's say triplets doesn't have like, they do have two draft picks and they are going to draft again or whatever the case may be. That might only be like 22, 23 spots in the draft. Um, and you think like these 10 guys, if they all go like, and then you got Hawk, uh, we don't know Andre Owens situation right now. I mean, like there's not going to be a lot of spots. Like, um, well, I hate to say it, but like, if, even if there's five guys, like those teams, those, those teams needed that sixth spot. I agree. Mainly because after week two, everybody had an injury. Yeah. So I feel like if, even if you're not drafted, like uh, you're, we're going to see almost like season one, a lot of guys going to get called. Yeah, stay tight for sure. It's it's going to be interesting. But the ten guys they announced, like, uh, really like the names. Really excited to see what they bring to the table and do at the combine. 
it's it's gonna be tough <laughs> to choose between all of them. Like I would hate to be like a, a captain or a GM right now because I'm like, man, who do I go with? I mean, I'm looking at some of these guys like Briscoe and Jody Meeks. They recently were in the NBA. Jody Meeks just won a championship with the Raptors in 2019. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah Briscoe's 25 years old. He might be the youngest dude in the in the combine as of now. He, he was in the G League. He he was putting up like pretty impressive numbers in the G League bubble last season. You know, going right. up against guys like Bobby Brown, Jared Jack, Amir Johnson. I mean, yeah, Bobby Brown. I mean, like, do uh, Trilogy just say, hey, we want to bring you from Ignite to Trilogy? Like, let's just, let's just run yeah, it back. Does Trilogy become the Ignite team? They very I mean, well really, could be. Think about that. Do, does Ignite become this thing where these veterans, they play? They're like, all right, hey, listen, like, we're going to, you know, sacrifice our minutes and our roles for these young kids because that's mm-hmm. what they signed up to do, right? Which I'm sure yeah. for them is a pretty fulfilling experience. And then we're like, all right, but like we still want to play. So once the season's over in the summer, we're all going to play in the big three. Hey, maybe so. And then like Roden, I mean, we talked about him already, what he can do on the court. But, you know, just for a little insurance, he's also the cousin of Tri-State Captain Nate Robinson. So, That's hey, true. that doesn't hurt. Familia. That's a pretty big safety net. Yeah, definitely. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting going to be tough to pick but um i'm very happy with the additions that they've made and we talked about it a little bit off the, the podcast before you know we've talked about it on air too but you know the tbt and the big three have a little bit of like this summer rivalry like i've always like kind of worded it as if you're a college basketball guy you like the tbt if you're an nba guy you like the big three and a, a couple of guys that we've seen play in the tbt last year have have shifted over to the big three. I don't know if they're like kind of testing the waters or the avenues didn't open up through their TBT experience. Now they're trying over here. Maybe, Hey, maybe they're just venturing out and just like, screw it. Let's just, let's just play some summer ball and we'll just try every league and just see what happens. But it's, it's a good feeling as a big three fans to be like, Oh wow. Like, Hey, some of these guys, not everyone's choosing a TBT over the big three, how it initially was made out to be just because the TBT was posting a little bit more on their socials. So yeah, no, no, for sure. Absolutely. It is fun to see that. And I think a lot of guys, too, are keeping both options open. I think you so, know, too. Yeah, I, you're right. But the TBT has a lot of teams, a ton of teams that are applying. And a lot of teams like Sideline Cancer and uh, what's what's the other one? There's, like, a couple that, like, I follow and that, like, that were mutuals on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, like, I look at all these teams. And I look at all the teams that they retweet. And I feel like I'm seeing a player announcement from, like, an alumni team every, like, 15 minutes. And I'm like – this is going to be like a huge effing tournament. So <laughs> I, I don't know if all these, yeah, I don't, but I, I feel like I see more than 64 teams. Well, I mean, they all have to apply, I think. Right. That's what I mean. So I feel like maybe some guys like are getting wind that their team isn't going to make it, you know? And maybe so. I think, I um, know. you know, and we're talking about these 10 guys and like the amount of spots that are going to be open. I mean, we're not even talking about the trial guys. Like Corey Jefferson's a guy that I could see be drafted. Yeah. Um, I don't know everybody's game through the, the tryouts necessarily, but there is a lot of potential that I feel like was at the tryouts. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting draft. I can't wait for it. Like I said the, at the beginning of the show that we're going to do a little something for the draft. So just stay tuned for that, guys. If you're listening, that's why I said you got to subscribe to YouTube now. It's not something that's that like, has necessarily been popping for us. You know, it's not been the focus, but draft night, come draft night. It's going oh, yeah. uh, to be fun. You're uh, going to want to be on our YouTube on draft night. No doubt, no doubt. Let's let's talk about the trials a little bit that just happened in Dallas. They're, you know, the trials are done. They did have two successful turnouts, it sounds like. Um, some people made it, some people didn't, some people were happy, some people 
the Knots are not very happy. Yeah. Um, but the five guys who did make it were Corey Jefferson, was one of the guys I just named, Anthony Criswell, Kendrick Cornelius, Terrence Thomas, and Maximus Kirk. Very interesting, some of the guys um, that are coming on, you know, Cornelius, Kendrick Cornelius is, a, is supposed to be like a really good shooter, apparently, just based off the tryout tape. Ma- Maximus Kirk, uh, smaller but faster agility, speedier guy, friends with Andre Emmett, and that's what he's. All these guys sound like Spartans. <laughs> sound like Spartans. <laughs> More than basketball players. Cornelius, <laughs> Maximus. Maximus. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, our guy Corey Jefferson, you know, he. he that's a more American. That's a more American name, but nonetheless was super impressive at the at the trial. Apparently, you know, former former net, someone that you know we're keeping an eye on because he was a, a Brooklyn guy. So I think the trials went smoothly. Um, anybody from the trials that like you saw or maybe did a little bit more digging on and you're kind of rude for? Uh no, <laughs> if I'm being hundred percent honest, I really haven't had I mean I knew Corey Jefferson. Um, and I knew like a lot of the guys from DC, mm-hmm. but to be honest with you, I'm not really familiar with a lot of these guys from Dallas. If I'm, if I'm keeping it a hundred. Well, that's the only way I want you to keep it, but I agree. Uh, uh, I wasn't I, too familiar with everybody outside of Corey Jefferson, which <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was like, I think everyone had the same thought process. Like you're looking at the picture of the five guys and they're holding up their admit one tickets to Vegas. And I think everyone's first thought was, not of the five guys who made it and what who they might be. It was like, is that Corey Jefferson? Is that, is that, is that Corey? <laughs> exactly. And all the comments are like, is that yeah. dude on the right? Dude on the right. Is that Corey Jefferson? Hey, we've seen that guy before. That, that's Corey Jefferson. Yeah. And we we ask him about that later in this episode. Oh, hey, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I mean, you'll have to wait around and see what he says. But we ask him about being an NBA guy at a, at a public tryout. And he sort of gives you a little bit of a background to what uh, happened. But, yeah, no, honestly, it was – you know, I, I'm being honest with you. I really haven't had the opportunity to look into these guys. You know, I to be I, can I be 100 percent honest with you, Anthony? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the list of the names was published until you just said that. Oh, um, I don't. I don't know if that's a reflection on me, <laughs> but I I had no idea what I knew. Cornelius, I knew Maximus because I was like, oh, there's like Spartan names, but <laughs> you were I didn't watching know anybody uh, else. 300 before. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Those names took out. Uh, no, I actually found out, which I know you've been working a lot, but work from home, I have the luxury of checking my Instagram more times throughout the day than you do probably. So I just find <laughs> out through the videos and uh, that's how I kind of learned their names. Just keep up with it a little bit. And then also too, I, I'm sitting in front of a computer all day. So checking big three.com doesn't, doesn't hurt either. Mm. Um, and trying to figure out the names that didn't announce it on there, but they don't announce it on their post for some reason. I never understood that, but yeah, I thought, I thought they were going to like tag everybody. I don't know. I don't know. Guess not. Um, yes, no. Nonetheless, congrats to those guys. Hey, five of the first 10 guys to ever go from tryout to combine. It's going to be tough. There's now with the 10 additions that have been announced and then the 10 additions, or the 10 guys who made it from the tryout to the combine. That's 20 guys. That could be 20 spots. Maybe they all get in. Maybe you got to think of Hawk too. So that's 21 maybe. I mean, maybe it's all those 21 guys. It's invite only pretty exclusive, but it'll be interesting to see what the teams look like after June 14th. Um, Before we get to our interview with the aforementioned Corey Jefferson that you hinted at a little bit, Will, got to give a shout out to our guy, Jamar Johnson. It was announced today that he is going to be the University of Cincinnati's 
Director of Player Development. Now, if you follow Jamar Johnson on any kind of social media, you know that he's a guy that wants to get into some kind of coaching. If you watch him in the big three, <laughs> whoa. If you watch him in the big three, you know that he's a great GM. He's great at picking players that not a lot of guys have heard of. Um, it's evidenced by the teams that have that he's built. So he's always done a really good job of knowing the talent and picking guys. And now he's getting the opportunity with Cincinnati having a new head coach, Wes Miller. Apparently, he promised Jamar an interview. The interview must have gone really well because now he's got the job. I mean, just a big shout out to, you know, Slim for getting the job and trying to ultimately make his alumni, you know, try to get back to their ways when, when he was playing there with like Kenny Martin and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, Demar Johnson, James White, we have a ton of Bearcat representation mm-hmm. in the big three, which is, I don't want to say it's weird at all because they, they have a really good program, but like Cincinnati, I feel like it's just, I don't want to say like a random school, but it's like a very specific school to have so many guys from the big three from. Yeah, uh, so true. it was really cool to see Demar get this opportunity and everyone's so uh, congratulative of him. So, you know, it's really, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for it. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what he does with that program. I'm happy that uh, Wes Miller backed up his word because yeah. I know when he took the job, I know a lot of the players were like, listen, like we, we just want an opportunity to be a part of the program. And, you know, who knows that program better than those guys who really were there for, you know, the, the glory days yeah, of that exactly. program, you know? And so, so I'm just happy that Wes Miller did that. And it looks like he's building a good staff there. And like you said, you know, it, they didn't call us for a uh, a character, you know, um, you know witness <laughs> evaluation, but, uh, evaluation. But we could absolutely, you know, stand by Demar Johnson as an excellent uh, evaluator of talent. So okay. I, I'm just super, I'm super happy for him. I'm super, super excited to see what he does. Well, I thought Wes Miller was a good hire. Um, I follow the SoCon kind of closely just because my universe or my college where I graduated from is in the SoCon. Mm -hmm. And so at Greensboro, it's a team that's always been pretty tough. So made a good hire there. And it looks like they're making some good strides to try to get back to those glory days by including, like you said, some of the guys who were a part of it and witnessed what it, what it takes to win as a Bearcat. So congrats to him. Just wanted to to give him the shout out and that's kind of pretty much wrap up the show. Um, A lot of good additions. Um, Big three is doing a lot of good things. We had a pretty, Dope interview that we've referenced once or twice with Corey Jefferson, former Baylor guy, former Brooklyn net injuries kind of derailed some of his early success that he had, but nonetheless, he's been rehabilitating, did really well at the big three tryouts. And now he's headed to the combine. So we talked with them a little bit about the big three, why the big three and what the, what the tryout was like for the first ever one in Dallas. So appreciate everyone's time. And let's get to the interview with Corey Jefferson. Today, we are welcoming on the final pick of the 2014 NBA draft, former Nets forward, and one of the first players to be selected as a finalist from the Big Three tryouts and get an invite to the Big Three combine, Corey Jefferson. Appreciate your time, man, and thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're definitely going to talk some Big Three stuff, obviously, being a Big Three podcast, but want to talk a little bit about your time during the NBA. Um, I think, obviously for everyone who's in basketball or is looking to play professionally, the goal is to get drafted. Right. You were that last pick in the 2014 draft. I'm sure it was a sigh of relief, you know, once it comes down <laughs> and you're probably like, you know, I don't really know what would be going through your head. Like, do I want to be undrafted and pick my team or do I want to just be drafted, you know, just to say I was drafted? Yeah. 
it was actually it was actually an interesting story because uh i think around uh maybe might have been around like mid mid second round uh teams were calling me and trying to do like a drafting stash and i was talking to my agents and i was like uh no nah, i don't want to do that i know i can play in the nba so just tell everybody i don't want to get drafted then and uh we'll just wait and get on a summer league team and go from there and like shortly after that my phone had died so during my whole draft party, I was telling everybody they can go home. Uh, I won't be getting drafted tonight and everything. And then one of my friends that were there was actually saying, yo, you're about to get drafted to, well, it's to San Antonio. I ended up getting traded to Brooklyn. So you're about to get drafted to San Antonio. I was like, nah, man, I'm, I'm not getting drafted tonight. So then uh, my agents came running through the door because they, they've been trying to text and call me, but my phone was dead. So they came running through the door saying, you're about to get picked up. You're about to get picked up. And Brooklyn was going to end up obviously keeping me and not doing the draft stage. Man, that's dope. So really maybe cool. not the way you, you drew it up, but nonetheless, the dream happened. I mean, what, what were you telling the people that were like leaving, <laughs> leaving the party where you're like, come on back in? Like, <laughs> I mean, everybody was pretty much uh, already gone. There were some people that were still <laughs> left, but a lot, like more than half the people that already left. So it was, <laughs> I mean, by the time I figured out what was going on, they were already about to say my name. Man, that's cool. But you got to see yourself to get drafted on TV and whatnot. I got to see your right. name pop up yeah. and everything. Yeah. Man, that's dope. That's cool. Um, so you got you played in the NBA for a little bit. And I want to ask you a little bit about your NBA experience because, you know, in your first start for Brooklyn, um, I, I looked this up on basketball reference, I think. You had a really solid game. You know, you I think you were 100% from the floor, uh, put up good minutes. And most importantly, your team got the win. Right. But I feel like what we've noticed, especially with guys um, in this year's draft pool for the big three, is that there's a lot of guys in here that are very talented. Um, and most of it came down to early injuries in their career and then the lack of opportunities. Now, I understand that's the business side of things, um, and that's just how it goes. And I I would think that it can be mentally draining as well, um, trying oh, to get yourself, sure. as, as you work yourself back into that spot where you're like, man, I worked so hard to get here, and now I'm having to prove myself, and I know I can do this already in teams. I've seen that, but, you know, sometimes, you know, people can forget about you when something new and shiny is coming through the draft. But just like how would you describe your NBA experience, um, especially early on when you were playing with Brooklyn? Uh, it, was, it was a great experience, especially my uh, my rookie year. I was there with a lot of vets, uh, KG, Joe Johnson, uh, Allen Anderson, Brooke Lopez, uh, Jerry Jack. So I was there with a lot of vets. I got to learn a lot. Um and then just on and off the court, they were they were able to teach me things. So you always want that for, from your vets, especially when you're a rookie trying to figure out everything that's really going on. So I had a good time there and learned a lot. That's dope. Was there anybody who stood out, anyone in particular that really took you under their ring? Uh, KG. KG was uh, always one of my favorites growing up. So to actually be on a team with him and seeing him coming through the locker room the first time, I wasn't really starstruck, but I was like, man, SKG right there. And then from day one, he just started just giving knowledge and wisdom. Uh, like I said, for on and off the court, uh, I always heard that he would buy his rookie suits. And he did. <laughs> he got us some suits, me, Markel. Uh, he got us some suits and shirts and everything. So definitely appreciate it for that. That's really cool. And before we leave off of Brooklyn, I am a big Brooklyn guy, so I do have to ask, you know, you were part of the franchise in the – I would say a transitionary period, especially from where they were to where they are now. And the Nets really like to pound their chest about the culture that they've built and all really 
the off the court stuff. Did you see the foundation of that being laid at all, or did you ever get to experience that? Uh, I could see the foundation being laid a little bit. Like I said, while I was there, I believe the year before they were in the playoffs, and then uh, the year I was there, we I went to the playoffs and lost to Atlanta the first round. But I believe just having that culture and everybody experiencing just being in the playoffs and with Brooklyn, well, that being a new team in Brooklyn, it was in Jersey before, like a couple of years before, but new team in Brooklyn, uh, the fans getting to experience that. I, I feel that it all played a, a part. Let's talk about the big three a little bit. Obviously, congrats on the tryouts going well and beating by two at the combine. It's dope that you got an all-extensive trip there. Little. I would say that for me personally, I was a little surprised to see you there just because you have NBA experience. And from our knowledge, when you have NBA experience, um, you're automatically, you know, in the combine. But I know the big three is doing it a little bit differently this year, kind of being a little bit more exclusive and invite only. But first and foremost, how did you kind of find out about the the tryouts and why the big three? Uh, I found out from, well, I know Nancy Lieberman and we work out at the same place. And she was telling me that they would be doing the tryout soon. And then I found out that it was in D.C. and in Dallas. And I was like, OK, that's perfect. Um, another reason is because I've been sitting out a couple of years, pretty much rehabbing an injury. And so just I've pretty much been off the radar for the last couple of years, just just being out, uh, not actually playing anywhere. So I felt that this was a perfect opportunity for me to get back. Uh, Big three is always great competition. Everybody's going to be physical, uh, talented group of people, and a lot of ex-NBA players. So I feel like that was a great place to start. How do you feel like the experience was? Obviously, it's the Big Three's first time doing this, but how do you feel like the experience was and also the competition there in Dallas? Uh, It was good. It was good. Definitely physical. I feel anything Big Three is going to be physical because – whether it's actually in the games or uh, whether it was at the tryouts or doing a combine or anything like that, everybody's still going to be proving themselves because it's a lot, like I said, a lot of people are going to be from people that played in the league already. So everybody wants to show that they can still play. Or even if it's people not playing and they've been just out like the old heads or something (laughs) and they've just been chilling, they want to prove they can still play. Like although they've been out for a while, they can still play. So regardless of where it's at, if it has anything to do with the big three, it's going to be physical. Well, now with the, you know, the age restrictions being lowered a little bit too, I just feel like, um, you know, for yourself, you're still relatively young in your prime. um, And there's a lot of guys like that. And I think that now with Joe uh, showing, hey, we can go from the big three to the NBA too. I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are are ultimately trying to take that same route in a sense. I mean, is that ultimately the goal for you? Is it more just like take one year at a time? um, Right. And then we'll just see what happens. Yeah. The dream dream is still there. There's a uh, play back in the league. So I obviously want to start here, uh, do well here with the big three. And then hopefully that opens up avenues for later. Dope. Super sick. Besides Nancy Lieberman, is there anyone that you're looking at in terms of players as excited with the opportunity to either play with or play against? Uh, There's a lot of players there. But if anybody, I say uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Austin, just from, you know, We've been building a close bond just over the years, just from Baylor and from there on. So uh, he told me that he would be there. So that would, that would be uh, be pretty cool. Yeah. How cool is it from you, from someone that knows Isaiah Austin personally, just to see the journey that he's been on from 
really we didn't we never knew if he'd play basketball again after being such a talent at Baylor to now he really has an opportunity to showcase his talents in the big three. All right. It was it was really just crazy to see and it just goes to show you that you really just can't give up. And if his story doesn't motivate anybody, then I don't know what will. But yeah, him going through everything that he's been going through, even before uh, the whole thing with the draft, uh, just uh, him playing basketball, period, uh, saying that I want to play and not taking no for an answer, basically. Talking about a few players, um, you know, that you're excited to potentially play with or just, you know, even see at the combine. But <clears throat> funny enough for you, you during your Brooklyn days played with a lot of guys or were on the same team with a lot of guys that are already associated or looking to, you know, compete in the big three this year. You know, Joe Johnson is one of the guys you named along with Jared Jack, who's playing in his first year. Alan Anderson's been a staple in this league for a while. Um, and we just saw that Earl Clark's going to be playing, uh, you know, were you close with any of those guys? And do you feel like, you know, there's a little bit of advantage maybe to have some of those guys that you know as captain? Uh, you know, just right. just you, you obviously you're gonna do well at the combine. That's the goal. But you know, right. maybe a little bit of advantage knowing some of those guys during your time at Brooklyn. Exactly. I mean, that would that would be cool with me. Like I said, <laughs> I know I'm gonna prove that I can be there. So sure. whatever happens after that is like, oh, he knew this guy, he knew that guy. It really don't matter to me, but I'm I'm gonna prove that I belong. So at the end of the day, that's going to be that. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of Brooklyn guys. And you, and you mentioned like right before uh, we were talking about this that you were coming back from a couple injuries. Um, I heard that also in the Big Three video that you did uh, that you're kind of rehabbing back. Where do you feel like you're at, like mentally and physically? Um, you know, just right now, getting back into the into the just playing professionally. All right. Uh, mentally, I'm I'm fine. Probably even better than I was before my injury because it's caused me to just reinvent my game and caused me to actually slow down. I know before I was trying to do a lot of things quick, uh, especially my first couple of years playing. Um, but now um, I've uh, changed my game up a little. I can't stretch the floor now. Uh, the teams that I was playing with before I did my surgery, I was always like one of the best shooters on the team, just expanding that game. So hopefully, of course, I obviously want to bring that to the, to the team, but also still got uh, athleticism, athleticism, rebounding, blocking shots, so and then talking, basically anything that can help. Been working on all that. What do you so think that, the biggest adjustment's going to be for you, half court three v three? What What do you think something that might be a little bit of a learning curve is going to be? Um, not really sure. Like going through the for the trials and everything, they really tried to get us prepped for actually playing in a big three as far as the rules anyway. And pretty much everything else is going to be going to be easy to get, uh, to get used to. But I say the biggest thing would probably just to make sure you're cleared. Like if you're not even the guy that's taking the ball, like outside three point line, get outside of the paint and everything. But I think that would probably be the biggest rule to adjust because I know during tryouts, there was a lot of turnovers just from that people not clearing. So that's probably the biggest one. That's kind of the uh, the basics of playing through and through when you're young. I guess everyone's not used to like playing like that again. I thought it would. I always thought it would be like the 14 second shot clock, but I guess with the game like the way it is now, it's just a lot faster paced. Right. So people are taking quick shots anyways. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really, I guess, want to know. I mean, if we were like GMs in the big three, um, and you were kind of like 
doing like almost like an elevator pitch. I mean, what would, what would you tell some of the, the captains really, because they're not, they're not the players or, or I'm sorry, they're not the personnel or actual like GMs off to the sideline, but they're actually the captains that are playing in the games with you, your teammates. Right. You know, what would you tell some of those guys if it came down to you and maybe somebody else that you could bring to the table? Uh, like I said, I could stretch the floor a lot better than it was when I was playing before. Um, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to be physical. I'm going to go after the rebounds, go after the block shots, uh, and just be an energy guy. I know they're going to be out there. The main guys, the captains, they're going to be the ones who's really like the, the, the buckets, as we call yeah. them. <laughs> but uh, I, I can sit there and spot up, knock down the three, go out there, get the offensive rebound, put back, whatever they need. So that will be my pitch for them. That's nice. And I'm sure you've been following the uh, the big three account just a little bit more, um, knowing that you're going to be at the combine there. I'm sure you've seen some of the uh, the trio of captains that teams are lining up, uh, whether they're returning guys or they're they're new faces to the league. Uh, I'm I'm sure you'd be grateful for anybody you're drafted to. I'm sure whenever you're in a draft, you're just like I don't care. Just as long as somebody picks me, I can play with anybody. But is there anybody like any trio of captains that you look at and you're like, man? It would be kind of fun to play alongside those guys. Like those dudes are pretty nice or like complement my game pretty well. Right. Uh, nobody specifically, of course, like say my guys from Brooklyn, it'd be cool to be with them, but really pretty much anybody. I'm just, I'm here to, I'm here to get on. Nice. That's fair. Very, yeah, very fair. Very fair. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. I mean, before we let you go, uh, I got to ask this. It's not a big three question, but NBA playoffs, we're right in the middle of it. Who <laughs> who, who do you have coming out of the East? Who do you have coming out of the West? And who do you have winning it all? Ah, coming yeah. out of the East, um, you know, ex-Brooklyn player, I get to go for Brooklyn for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, West, I got to go with uh, my guys in Utah. It's because I got most of my guys playing with them and they're looking real nice right now. Yeah, so, oh yeah. Well, we'll see how the, we'll see how the West goes though, because it's a real competitive out there. Oh yeah, there's like so many games that are already like even at two. If it is Brooklyn and Utah, who do you win? Who do you think wins in a best of seven? Oh, we obviously, <laughs> obviously the Brooklyn games. has the big three. Yeah, we we know. I'll I mean, say it goes to seven games. Okay. 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 Yeah. We'll just see what happens on game seven. All right. I'm going to ask you a non-basketball question real quick because I found this pretty interesting, you know, doing my research. Uh, so I saw, uh, I'm not sure what website I saw it on, but I saw somewhere a little bit about the background behind your, uh, your proposal and then ultimately your wedding. I'm sure you've heard this right. a lot, a ton of times. Okay. But as a, as a married man, I got, I got the ring on, make sure I got the ring on. But <laughs> right. As a married man, I understand the stress that comes with being married and the stress that it takes going, or I'm sorry, the stress going into a proposal. Yeah. I also know that from the women's side, it might be even a little bit more stressful because there's a lot of uncertainty. And then when you actually are proposed to, you got a lot of planning coming up. What yeah. I found super interesting about yours is that you proposed and you and your girl were like, all right, well, we know we want to get married pretty quickly. You got married five days later. You got right. you. You were hitched five days later. What was that experience like for both you and, and now your wife? I mean, that that's got to be pretty. I don't know if that's like the most, the most stressful wedding and proposal or the least stressful <laughs> proposal and wedding. Uh, a little bit of both because I definitely wanted to make the proposal a good one. But we had always talked about uh, not wanting to do too much for our wedding, like just putting the money somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I knew that we we're just going to do something quick as far as the wedding. 
So the proposal ended up being a lot better than I even like imagined. Uh, her her mom helped me put it on since she was right out here uh, nice. in Dallas as well. So we put it on at her parents' place, and it was it was funny because I actually didn't get the ring. Well, I didn't physically have the ring in my possession until like an hour before we were supposed to. Do it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I went and got it. I went and got the ring. I think I proposed to her. It was on a Thursday. And I went and did it. I went there and started every, the whole process like the Thursday or Friday before. So uh, the guy that was doing the ring, he had told me that it would be ready the day before. And then it wasn't. So he was like, okay, uh, I'll have it ready tomorrow during the afternoon. So the proposal was at, I think like three or like four or five o'clock. And then it was still end up being late. And he was like, okay, I'll have it ready at three. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh, so now, now I have to think of an excuse to actually get out the house. Like I said, we were supposed to be meeting up. So my car was in the shop. So we were driving. I was using her car. We were all going like the same place at her car. So I already had one excuse for her to come with me to go over there to her parents and everything. And like I said, her mom really, really helped that. Because uh, she said, she said everything up. She had the music plan. The right music was on and I didn't even know how she was going to have the balloons and everything, but that ended up being perfect. So then after that, and we got our, we got, we got engaged and then we already said that we didn't want to have a big wedding. So we we're really just going to go to a courthouse and our friends were like, no, no, you can't do that. We got to do something at the house for you. Selfish so they ended part. up like, they ended up decorating the whole house for us, uh, for us to have our, our wedding our ceremony and everything. And then we ended up just getting married in the backyard. So it all worked out perfect. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. That sounds stressful as hell. Uh, I was gonna say <laughs> that. Really, the, biggest thing, the biggest thing was the proposal for me, and the, but for the wedding, the friends handled all that. Yeah, I, I can relate to the proposal part. So see, for me, I already had the ring, but I knew it was gonna be later in the day, kind of like yours. And so we were, we were walking around, but everywhere I'm walking, I have this big box in my pocket so you know i got my hand stuffed and you know i could get a couple i got a couple looks from her like why is this like hand always in his pocket i'm over here like switching pockets you know make sure she didn't see anything but i don't know that one sounds a little bit more stressful having the link having the ring at the last second there yeah that that was the most stressful part because i was like man it was supposed to be ready already and i have like an hour left so i literally had to run like rush to get the ring and rush back pick her up and then we went to her parents place Nice. Yeah, I think one thing you learned too is mother-in-law is coming clutch, like big time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> I know mine did for sure too. All right, Corey, well, best of luck at the combine. Uh, it looks like there's going to be a lot of competition there, but we have a lot of faith in you that you're going to do super well. Appreciate you taking the time and, uh, you know, we'll see where you, where you end up. We'd hope to do this again when you're drafting. I mean, maybe we can hear a little bit about your experience in the big three once you're in season. Oh, for sure. Sounds like a plan to me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yes, Thank you, Corey. All right, y'all have a good one. All right, everybody, that was our interview with Corey Jefferson, one of the 10 people who won the all-expenses-paid trip to Vegas to compete in the Big Three Combine later this week. I'm super excited to see what happens. And, you know, Anthony, before we go, I just want to give you a little bit of insight uh, that I didn't Ooh. get the opportunity to give you before. You know, you were really excited about the Bone Collector being in the Big Three. Uh, I still draft, am. Which, why still wouldn't am you? Another guy that you might want to keep your uh, – eyes and ears out for that you know nothing official yet but i'm just am seeing things is uh a gentleman by the name of b dot a dot oh okay okay he's a basketball player 
social media guy, a uh, TV show star with Baron Davis. Okay, mm-hmm. that's an interesting so, name. I'll keep you know, I, I don't know if anything official has happened yet, but I just have been hearing some whispers. I've been seeing them, some things, you know, a couple winks, winks, which leads me to believe that something may be coming. So, you know, they, okay. they seem to be announcing five people a day every day. I'm assuming this will probably continue up to the draft. I mean, they do have a pretty they said they were expecting over 100 guys. So I don't know if we'll get everybody's names, but at least the notable ones. And I think that's a pretty notable name. I like it. Hey, I think that the more the merrier. Uh, next thing you know, you're going to tell me the professor's joining. Yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll see. I know he was close one year, but I don't know anymore. Uh, but, you know, that's all for this episode. We appreciate you guys for staying and listening. As always, this is a Fourth Man Podcast. You can find our socials on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Fourth Man Pod, TikTok as well. You got to get on the TikTok, bro. I've been telling you about it. <laughs> Anthony oh, hates man. TikTok, but we appreciate <laughs> you guys listening with our new preferred podcast platforms on YouTube. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.